there is an event coming up and we want to invite all our listeners on Sunday, 7th of January, 11.30 a.m. We're going to put a link on the description field, but it is an event for women to think about their New Year's resolutions. It's going to be a workshop style setting where we're going to create vision boards and we're all going to come away with something physical, tangible that we can look at for our year of 2024. So please keep an eye out and, you know, get your tickets and we hope to see you there. Ira, did you know that Esther is one of the only books that actually doesn't contain the word God in it? Yes, I did know. I didn't. I found out when I was like studying studying it. for this but this week's lesson is focused on esther and mordecai and we're still on god's mission my mission i'm really interested to go into this one i actually struggled when i was prepping this because some of the questions i wanted to ask you i was asking myself mm. and it was very difficult for me to answer them because i wanted to be honest okay but i was like oh i don't techie. know about this one it's a little yeah. bit techie but we're gonna get into it but as always we never want to start without inviting the presence of the lord or praying for our listeners so i'm gonna hand it over to you my lovely and just before we pray, I love Esther's story. And I the reason why I knew that it was a book that didn't contain the word um, God in it mm-hmm. is because it was the very first book that we as a Bible study group did. I can't remember if you were... I wasn't there You yet, probably weren't there yet. Yeah. yeah, you would have been early, early. But we were just like, you know, me and my girls, we had a study group. And when we first started, we were like, where is a good place to start? And as a group of women, we were like, perfect place to start would be Esther, would it not? Do you know, I have never read Esther. Have you not? Not like, not the... F- I've only... I know the story, so I know what happens. But I hadn't read like like chapter 7, 8, 9 mm-hmm. and 10. Well, okay, 10 okay. is like a little bit. Mm. But I hadn't... Um, so yeah, I love the story of Esther and it's funny because right now when my, uh, you guys know that we're studying, well, I'm studying Bible in a year plan with Alex and this week we started reading Esther again and I just, it always makes me smile when I read it and I always feel inspired and I come away with new gems every time. I don't know, maybe because I always look up to, to females in the Bible and it, Mm -hmm. it hits different, you know? Um, so I'm really going to enjoy this one. Um, so let's pray. And I think because it's the festive season and everyone loves to focus on, you know, what they're going to give their loved ones, spending time with family and friends, Mm -hmm. eating, thinking about what are, what am I getting for Christmas or, you know, what gifts is coming my way. I know there's people out there who create a list for Christmas and, and what they want in terms of presents. But, you know, I just pray that the Lord really brings to our minds and hearts and focus that it's not all about us and our family and friends, but I pray that he really instills in each one of us the desire to help those around us, to help our local community and neighborhood, Mm -hmm. not just with finances, not just with gifts, but I pray that the Lord opens different opportunities and avenues for us to help others amen i love that and that goes in line with the whole theme that we've been having um about mission to either the needy the powerful like your neighbor the unreachable so i really love that prayer so going straight into the lesson study sunday's lesson is entitled captive in a foreign 
culture. Um, and I actually kind of want to pivot a little bit. I know we said we're talking about Esther Mordecai, but when I was prepping for this, because, you know, I like listening to other podcasts as well, because they sometimes open my mind to things that I don't see. And when I was listening to 3ABN, they actually said that there is almost like a pattern between what happens in Daniel and also what happens in Esther. Like if you read them to the almost similar things that happen to both of them. And they said, you know, that that's probably something that's also going to happen in the end times. That's how they kind of tied it. Mm-hmm. And first one I said, I was like, oh, you're doing too much. But the more I read about it, I was like, I actually see what's happening. So I thought a good space or good place to start was Talking about the captives in a foreign culture or country, we'll be talking about Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. So as you know, in Daniel 1, they are taken away and they are told they can eat from the king's. First of all, the king's like, I want the most handsome, like, st- like built, you know, just healthy looking men. Oh, um, you're describing it in a, in a saucy no, way. Because, no, that's what, that's what I actually <laughs> said when I was reading. You think it's your, I say it's your actions. You're just saucy. like, mm, yeah, because mm, I'm like, that's when I say shoulders handsome, are going. That's what I think of. But anyway, so then um, obviously that he, the king's like, you need to buff them up, give them like the food that I eat and give them wine and everything. And Daniel's like, no, just give us veg and water. First of all, if I was, no, if I was captured with Daniel and I went from eating like chicken and roast yeah. and to vegetables and water, I think I'd be big mad because now you've made yeah. me vegan. You know, you know that um, TikTok viral meme right now where it's like a dog looking around confused <laughs> the, the black, black dog, dog. Yeah. <laughs> that would be me looking around like huh, huh? you just said look, water and vegetable huh? look at them taking away Switching. the good food yeah. no i was so mad but it actually works out because after the 10-day trial daniel and the hero boys actually look better than everyone else and that's the reason why they adopt that so that's the first time that they go against kind of the king's order the second time is in Daniel 3 when the king builds that gold, gold statue and makes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, bow down to it. And obviously they're like, no, we're not going to worship this. And this is what I, I liked about it. They said, we're not going to praise. We're not going to worship you because we obviously they have their own God and we know God will save us. But even if he doesn't, we will not praise you. And I think that's really important because I always think if the story had... Um, ended with them dying like would that change the reason why we stand for god because it shouldn't our principles should always stay intact whether we are quote-unquote saved or not or whether we perish so i really like that and when we go into esther's story we'll see her do something very similar and then finally in daniel 6 we see that daniel now has favor with uh, king darius darius however you pronounce it um and there's obviously some people who are jealous about this. So they go to King to King Darius and he's like, listen, pass a decree that for the next 31 days, or was it 30? I can't remember now. For the next month, nobody can pray to anybody else. Nobody can worship anyone else but you, basically. And of course, they did this. It actually said that they tried to find some something wrong Um with Daniel and they couldn't find anything they literally he he was just trustworthy he did things right he was basically almost perfect because nobody's perfect but he was if I could put perfect in the picture it'll be Daniel and then they're like do you know what the only thing that we can get him on is his faith because he He, is that's the only thing he's the only thing that he so let's get him on that and you know we know how the story ends with the lions in the den but the whole point being that 
even whilst in a foreign culture or foreign country, wherever they were, these people's principles stayed intact. They believed in God. They stood by what they had believed and what they read about, what they were brought up in, in the faith. They stood with their faith. Their faith endured, like we've always been saying the last couple of weeks. And that's what we're going to see when we delve into Esther's story. Thank you very much. And you know what? Like another reason why I love Esther, okay, is this is a prime example of how one person can make a difference. Mm. It truly is. And not only that, but, you know, okay, we're told she's an orphan. That's verse, um, chapter two, verse seven. But she was also described as beautiful and charming. Mm -hmm. She had um, pretty privilege. Yeah, she did have pretty privilege, <laughs> you know. And it um, in verse 15, it said that she won the favor of everyone who saw her. Wow. That's pretty privilege 101. A hundred. Um, she was obedient to her adopted parents. Ah, like she's just, I like, she's it's just giving perfect. me nice vibes, you know. Yeah. Like on top of all of that, she has great character because let's be real. Even, you know, nice people sometimes aren't obedient to their parents. But yeah. here we're reading she was obedient to not her legit parents, but her adopted parents mm. and, and Mordecai. Um, and her call was so significant that it needed a long period of preparation. Hmm. You know, when we read it in Esther 1 and 2, it wasn't like it was just like an instant. Yeah. But, you know, good things come to those who wait, as mm -hmm. they say. But the thing is that Esther had to keep her her true background a secret um, from from I guess King Xerxes mm -hmm. or has how do you pronounce it? Yeah, it, I, call, I say Xerxes as well. Yeah, because some people call it uh, some some Bible. Oh yeah, because he's got a has. Ahasuerus. I know what you're saying. Yeah, that, yeah, but Xerxes is easier is for me what, to remember. Yeah, it's easier for us to say. <laughs> um, and so what we're reading, right, is all about how King Xerxes and his people them wanted to kill off the Jews. Now, anti-Semitism is not something that's a recent phenomenon. As we're reading here in Esther, it's been it's been around. It's been it's going. Been going. Mm. Um, that is why she had to keep her background a secret, being that she's from, you know, a Jewish background. And at the time we read in verse three, uh, chapter 313, that Haman, um, who I guess is, we can call him King Xerxes' top done, top soldier. Yeah, he was a top um, one. Yeah. Haman wanted to annihilate all the Jews, young and old, women and little children. He specifically said that on a single day and to plunder their goods. Excuse me. Massive. All because of Mordecai. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. And so Mordecai's response at that time was to tear his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes and wail loudly and bitterly. I mean, yeah, I, if, I, if I was Mordecai, I would be doing the same thing because it feels like the weight of the world on my shoulders 100. at that point. Effectively, he was calling on God for help. I... Don't know about you, but has there ever been a time in your life where you were so desperate for God that you took things to that desperate level? I I must admit, I don't think I've reached that point yet. But when I think about, I guess, my Christian walk and what we're called to do. So we're obviously reading about God's mission, my mission, mm -hmm. and how we should help the poor, the needy, the hungry, 
the rich, you know, the powerful. It should really be a red flag and it should be now is desperate times to call on God for help mm -hmm. because effectively we are left with little amount of time. We don't have much time until God returns. So I think it is like prime time to be calling out for God for help. What can we do beyond praying and speaking to people to reach others? That was something that I felt I, I had to reflect on because I was like, wow, at this point you can see that Mordecai was wailing. He put on sackcloth. He wept bitterly, loudly, as we're told here. We don't see that nowadays. No, because we all do it. Actually, no, because we don't do it. What, why, though? Do you know what I mean? Like, what happened in our society and culture where it suddenly transformed from, like, that was the, that was the norm. If you're going through something, for some reason in the Bible, I just read sackcloth was put on. Do you know what it is? Because one of the questions, and sorry, I actually forgot to ask it when I was doing my Sunday one. Mm -hmm. One of the questions was, um, what are some of the challenges you face in your own culture today? Yeah. Because obviously, like, they did this because, number one, they, they've been through it. Israel, Judah, they've been through it. Yeah. They've been, they've had so many kings come and take them away, make them slaves, etc., make them captives, everything. Um, but one thing that seems to, well, not all the time, most of the time, the one thing that they keep sticking to is the principles, right? Mm. Like God's word is God's word, no matter what. And I was thinking about it. And I think growing up in Zim, I was surrounded by a lot of SDAs. Yeah. Right. So because I was around them, we just did things together. Anyway, you, you knew sunset on a Friday. Everyone's no one's watching TV. We're not watching until the next day. Like we're all keeping the same thing. It was very easy to mm. do it. Whereas when I've come here... Uh, I think I definitely have relaxed a whole lot. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So sometimes like Sabbath, I know it's supposed to start at sunset, but I might drag it up until like maybe midnight. Yeah. Or do you know what I mean? Like, or even the next mm. day, if like a friend is getting married, for example, mm. I'll go to church in the morning and then go to the wedding afterwards. Yeah. And it's like, I think, uh, and this, this was, remember when I said, I asked myself a lot of questions at the beginning yes. that were, I had to be honest with myself. And those are some of the things I was asking myself that, I'm losing that that kind of principle in God. And so it's difficult for me when I am not honoring him or when things are not going well. I'm not crying about it. I'm not wearing sackcloth because I'm just like, oh, it doesn't matter kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe that's the reason why it's a little bit different for us. I, I think our rules are very relaxed. We yeah. just we just like, oh, it's okay, God understands type of thing. Yeah. Whereas they were just like, oh my goodness. They did not happening. hold back, innit? Yeah. They, and that's, I I don't know. I've not been in a culture where I've seen that in the flesh happen, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And I don't know if it was just like their time versus our time. I'm curious to know where and how it changed. I feel like uh, society now is like almost I feel like now it's changing the narrative, but there's almost like an embarrassment kind of factor where you don't want to open up about what you're going through and mm. you don't want to show everyone that that you're really in the trenches. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, it's almost like showing weakness. Mm. Whereas over in that time, there was almost like no, they were so unapologetic about it. I'm I'm curious about that and I don't really have an answer, but why I felt that you know, Monday's lesson is entitled in a foreign court. And and I think, you know, you're talking about your experience from Zim coming here. 
And to a degree, there's certain things that you have to let go of or change in your behavior because you're no longer in a similar, like the society and the culture is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So you almost have to adjust. And I think um, Mordecai and Esther had to adjust. And that's, I think, why she initially held back from saying, you know, that, you know, her full background. She's she's coming from a Jewish background because she yeah, take time in it. Like, but then Mordecai did tell her not to say. Yeah. So so I feel like that was that was tactical to a degree. I think mm. maybe they were just feeling things out at the moment. You know what? Like, let's not pull our you know show them all of our cards yet. Let's yeah. yeah let's pace ourselves. Actually, really interesting that you say that because when I was reading that, I was like, so did, like, is that a lie? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know that it's a lie, but it's like okay. Let's imagine this: if you're if you're seeing a guy for a first time, you know, first date, you're not just gonna share everything about yourself. You're gonna just be like, let me get acquainted with this guy first, see if I can trust him, see see how it plays out. Maybe in second date or third date, I'll tell him this or that. We've seen it in movies time and time again, where sometimes some people don't. Okay, it's obviously Christmas, so what am I gonna watch? One of my favorite Christmas movies, The Holiday. Oh, the, I thought you were going to say Home Alone. Oh, well, I do what? like Home Alone. But you know when The Holiday... <laughs> I've never watched The Holiday. Oh, my days. You never watched it. Okay. <laughs> this is a bit of a spoiler alert. But Jude Law, who plays like Cameron Diaz's love interest, he has kids but does not tell her until after many dates. And the reason for that is he's just like, he doesn't, you know, want to get... Oh, actually, I can't even remember why. <laughs> it's still a lie. That's it's my not, point. It's not a lie because she never asked, do you have kids? No, but I would actually be so mad if I went on a date with a guy and then after like day six, he's like, oh yeah, by date the way. Date six or day six? Date six. He's like, okay. oh yeah, by the way, um, I've got, I'll be like, what do you mean I'd by say, the way? I'd say it was around um, day six that he told her. That's even worse because <laughs> I just guessed that. After like day six, she's like, oh yeah, by the way, I've But got you said kids. you wouldn't be mad though. No, I said I would be. Oh, okay. I literally would walk away because Bruh. what do you mean? But if, she, if he said it in day five, you'd be okay. Fine, I want I you to say it. day one. Before I, I wow. even come to the date, I want you to be like, oh, by the way. But sometimes you don't want to tell everyone about your business on But you know, that's day a kid. One. That's no business. That's life. Yeah, that's a true. whole baby, and I think that's the difference because maybe, maybe this. But one has- I, you know what? I just want to say, two thousand and four, this movie came out, or two thousand and seven, something like that. So I feel like back in those days, again, culture was a little bit different. You don't hold back. I feel like now it's more open. It's more acceptable that you you date someone and say, "This is my business." No, no. Okay, maybe not for you. No. <laughs> I would never be in that, in, in, you know, exactly. situation you don't anyway, know so situation. I can't even comment. So that's so. the reason why it's easy for you to be like, no, it's fine, because yeah. you're not in it. But I think, I think, because um, when I was listening to another pod, it, it did say that sometimes when we are talking to people, and let's say if I go up to someone and say, like, I think the baby one is a bit different because, like, people are different, like me and you right now. But if I go up to someone and say, hi, I'm a Christian, and I just start talking, it's just mm. like whoa like introduce yourself kind of thing like get to know me and sometimes like people do build a, a wall yeah. whenever you say I'm a Christian or for us I'm Seventh-day Adventist because like oh you're the people who don't eat pork it's like well we're more than that <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean and I think a couple of weeks ago we did speak about Paul when he went to Athens and he started like spreading the word to people he didn't say, oh, you guys are worshiping a false god right off the bat. He said, I can see that, you know, you people are, what did he say? That you 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 worship, even though they had two and many gods or yeah, two yeah, yeah. unknown, unknown gods. So he still used the strategy before he introduced Christ. So, and I think maybe here, 
because it's not like she kept her being Jewish a secret for a long time. When the time was right, she then said it. And, you know, the Bible does say that there's a time for everything. So I think everything needs, we need to use like discernment from God um, before we make any decisions. That's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to end it. Absolutely. I, I, I feel like we're touching base on the question posed to us in the Sabbath um, lesson study, oh. where it basically said, um, what circumstances might you think of where it could be prudent to not be overt about your faith mm. or should we never do that and if not why not um and i think like you're saying wisdom needs to come from god yeah um i don't know i've never come across a scenario where i felt i had to hold back my faith mm. but then i'm not someone who's like in your face about my faith neither i'm pretty chill so that's a really interesting question it is an interesting question interesting question but i will say that sometimes it's in your actions as well so for example at work i don't i don't swear whereas i work in an industry that's like 90 percent men mm. and they li like i can't have a meeting with them because they're just swearing um but anytime that i'm actually sitting in the meeting whenever they do swear they're like oh uh, apologies michelle and i'm oh, not the only wow. i'm they not the only women woman there yeah but they apologize to you yeah those oh sorry michelle oh sorry but excuse my language um and i think it's because number one i don't do it i don't i don't swear wow. i don't it's just a foreign thing for me to do so i think even as a christian sometimes you don't even have to say hi i'm a christian your works will show it. Like people will see that there's something different about you. And if someone does come up and say, hey, like how come every Friday you go home at like 3 p.m. or mm. before sunset? That's like a window for you to actually then explain Absolutely. What, who you are. And interesting enough, going into um, Tuesday's lesson, which is entitled Mordecai's Faithful Witness. So as you said already, um, Ira, that, you know, um, Haman, is it Haman or Ham Haman? Haman, yeah. Had been promoted to basically second in command, not the second most important person, only um, second to the king, right? And then he, the king made a decree for everybody to kind of like honor Haman. Now, as you said, Mordecai was not about to do that. He didn't honor him. He didn't bow down. He didn't kneel to Haman. And this enraged Haman, as Ira already said, enraged him so much that not only did he want to off Mordecai, he wanted to off the whole, extinguish everybody, right? And what I thought about here, um, which is what we were saying, is whenever people were asking Mordecai, why won't you kneel down or why aren't you obeying the king's command? Um, it doesn't explicitly say this. But it does say that when they went to snitch on Mordecai to Haman, they said, oh, and by the way, he's a Jew. So I don't want to obviously put my own words in the Bible. But obviously, if they say, oh, yeah, by the way, he's a Jew, he probably had had already shared with them that, listen, I'm Jewish. I believe in Yahweh or, you know, etc. I only worship Yahweh. Um, and so sometimes even in the midst of whatever situation we're in, we can still be witnesses for people through standing or through our principles. So similar to what I just said about my work, um, my work example where people, when they speak to me, they don't swear because they're seeing how I act. And so as Christians as well, being Christian is not just about saying it. It's a lot to do with how we act. 
Now, the time where it might be a bit sticky for us is when we have to stand for things that are, quote unquote, politically incorrect. Okay. And this is another sticky situation that I had when I was training for this training, when I was practicing practicing when I was studying for the lesson I don't know why I can't get my English out today Ira when I was um, studying for the lesson because there are a few laws that have been passed that I think as Christians we will probably struggle to uh, stand up against Um, so as you know even in America you know abortion is something that is now illegal and there was quite a lot of um, outrage about it right and when I first heard about it, I'm not going to lie, I was a bit outraged as well. Oh. But for the wrong reasons, because I was like, how dare these men pass a law about women, like oh. women's bodies, mm. da 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 um, But then I was like, oh, hold on, but the Bible does tell us thou shalt not kill. Hmm, okay? Mm. And abortion is a form of killing, right? Um, and so, or for example, another another movement that's happening is the LGBT. QI plus movement as well. Like QI. Where, yeah. What's like, I? Um inter sex. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know about this. Okay. Yeah. You should know, I guess, because I HR know because HR, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just things like that are already challenging us because like you said before, there's things that happen in the Bible that we can't see ourselves being in. Like we just think it's it's not something that will happen today, but actually, it already is starting to happen now. For example, in Daniel, there were so many decrees that were passed by the king that they still stood firm to their principles. With this one, with Mordecai, obviously the king said bow down to um, Haman, and he was like, no, these are my principles, I'm not going to bow down to him. And so in today, today's um, world... Yeah. <laughs> today's world... Um, what principles are you are you still standing by? Mm. Because it starts now, right? It's not. Yeah. It's not going to be at the end of time when they then tell you to choose Jesus or Satan. You're gonna all of a sudden be like, "Yep, Jesus." It's starting now. It's starting but now. But what people. are you supporting? What are you allowing? What principles are you standing on, or what principles are you standing by? Oh, I don't know. What's the? Uh... It starts with a C. <laughs> compromising on yeah yeah yeah. um so i feel like my english isn't englishing now my brain has i don't know what's going on with us yeah i need some yeah um looking at wednesday's lesson entitled for such a time as this juicy um so obviously kind of looking still at esther one two and three Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we've just talked about how they're trying to kill off the Jews and, you know, just Esther and a bit of background into Mordecai. Now we're at this. It's like game time. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mordecai is like, right. You know what? I just clocked, Esther. <laughs> Funnily enough, <laughs> you're in a position to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And and then Esther was like, oh, wait a second. Um it's a bit techie for me because let's be real. Uh, if I speak up or you know, if I try say something to the king or like, yeah, if I even lo- approach him, yeah, without low- him inviting me, exactly. Loki is illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can you imagine doing something, being in a position like that, and then having the conundrum that oh, it's illegal. Yeah. 
it's just very peak. So I can I can totally resonate and hear like what she's saying and where mm. she's coming from. Um, but you know what? Mordecai's response was <laughs> look at you <laughs> i i'd say it was kind of a wise rebuke of a parent 100 percent. because he goes don't think that just because you live in the king's house you're the one jew who'll get out of this alive mm. if you persist in staying silent so you know a couple of verses ago we were just talking about how they stayed silent about that is it a lie or not but to be fair could have been wise it could have been wisdom from god to say yeah you know what don't say it just now wait there's gonna be a big reveal Mm -hmm. in any case he was like um if you persist in staying silent esther you and your family will be wiped out and who knows maybe you were made queen for such a time as this that's verse 13 and 14 i always i'm not gonna lie to you i was driving home last night late last night um I was thinking about virtuous and I was just thinking about different things in my life at the moment Mm. and how I'm like, oh, like I'm tired. Obviously, it's time for my Christmas break. I should just like, you know, close the laptop, log off. And I was just like, as I was driving, listening to Esther, because it's just part of my Bible in the year plan, like I said. And and when he says just like for such a time as this, I just was like, damn. Well, I was just like, oh, snap. I can't even miss the opportunity. Mm. Because what if I'm in this very point in my life for a time as this? Yes. And and also, Mordecai said, said bad things to Esther. But he was just like, if it doesn't come from you, it's going to come from somebody else. I loved that part because it made me realize that like we, our participation doesn't stop God's mission. It doesn't stop God's mission. And that's why I, I keep plugging on with some of the things that's going on with my life. Even mm. though I'm like, oh, CBA, like high key CBA, not even low key. It's like very, Lord, I'm tired. Girl, I hate I, I have to be like, oh, but I would hate to see this come to life from someone else mm. when kind of God brought it to me first, if mm. that makes sense. Mm. I know it, it may sound a bit silly and superficial, but I feel like every time I read this part of Esther, it's almost like a wise rebuke to me as well because it's such a, it kind of makes you want to pull your finger out and just get the job done. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, it's, yeah, I'm not going to be playing no games now. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so Esther at that point realizes that God had put her in that position for a purpose. And, you know, to be honest, that's, I guess that's my point is that we as followers of God's word also have a purpose. So we should also feel encouraged when we read that. Um, Because I think many of us go through life without feeling true meaning or ultimate purpose. Mm. And sometimes we grow complacent and comfortable that, okay, God's created me and he's just created me for this nine to five or he's created me to be a mom or, you know. Or to just be happy. Just to to be happy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or sometimes we we get fooled into thinking we're here to pursue our own agenda or Mm. or, um, just try to live that soft life and and luxury, you know, and just hope that we win that million pound (laughs) lottery ticket. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Um, But God's purpose for each one of us is so much better. Mm -hmm. Like, Imagine if Esther just succumbed to the idea of, oh, you know what? Mordecai, Uncle Mordecai, I don't know what you're on about. I'm in this position to be living like a nice queen, enjoy the fruits and the, you know, lovely food out here and, you know, get massages every day. 
that's my portion. Mm-hmm. Nah, she really rose to the occasion and, and said, okay, I'm going to step it up because clearly God has a purpose for me in this position that I'm in now. And imagine, she's, she saved her people then. How how sweet is that purpose? Honestly. You know, she didn't pursue her own agenda, but she she pursued a higher calling. And I think that's the real challenge in calling for us as well, is that we need to come step up to to where God is calling us to go and just believe, right, that wherever you are right now, you have been placed there for such a time as this. Esther listened to Mordecai's wise words and and what she did again was amazing. And, and let me tell you guys right now, this has just kind of aligned quite nicely with the conversation me and Michelle were just having a couple hours ago before we hit record. She was like, okay, why don't we fast and pray <laughs> together? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, girl, I'm there. Like, I honestly, I feel the power of a fast and pray collectively. Mm. And, you know, I recently studied the importance of of your prayer life and how powerful your prayer life is. And I was moved to to do um, a fasting and praying week as well with a friend of mine. And why I felt that that was like poignant and much needed is because where two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, That's it. he will be there also. And I see here, Esther was just like, okay, Mordecai, I hear you. I totally agree. What was I thinking? you know what, back me up here. Why don't you gather all the people them up? You lot fast and pray. On my side, I'm going to fast and pray. And after three days, let's see what happens. Mm. And that's, you know, she she wasn't just someone who was like, okay, i got to do something. She first sought God. That's it. And I think with anything that, you know, God places in our hands, not only do we need to realize and recognize that there is a higher calling for each one of us, but... To not just do that willy-nilly, seek God first. Amen. I love that. Um, so before I go into the last one, which is Thursday, do you know what? I feel like we always focus on Mordecai and Esther and we hardly ever focus on Haman. And can we just do that? Just a quick okay. sec. Because I was thinking, you know, Haman had been elevated to the, basically the second most important person. And with that responsibility came a lot of big-headedness. And that's the reason why Haman thought he oh, could yeah. do a lot of the stuff that we could do. And when I was reading that, I was like, you know what? I want to pray against the spirit of big-headedness. Mm. Or I want to pray for a spirit of humility that in whatever position God places me, that I am, I remain humble. Amen. I realize that that's nothing to do with me and it's all him. Um, one of the things that, especially our sound engineer, um, I hope he doesn't cut this out whenever i praise him for something that he's done he always reverts it back to god always i'm like no just just take the credits like no 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 god be praised god be praised and now i understand that there's it's so important for us to realize that everything that we're doing it's not us that needs to be praised it's god and the example of haman is literally um a good example for us to learn from because as we read about so when after the three days of fasting obviously esther goes up to the king and remember she could have perished (laughs) if he didn't want to see her she could have died um but she didn't obviously the king you know he, he he gave her favor he loved her pretty privileged and everything 
And Esther then goes and says, listen, um, king. Oh, so the king says, tell me whatever you want. Anything you want, I will give it to you. Whew, what a king. Um, and then Esther's like, oh, king, um, can you and Haman come over to my house for a banquet? I want to cook for you guys, wine and dine you guys. Um, and so they do that. And when they do that, Haman is so big headed because it's like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> just me and the king were invited to the mm. queen's house. Nobody, he none of you peasants. Yeah. He was so gassed. And when they got there, um, Esther is like, the king's like, so what do you want? And Esther's like, oh, can you guys come back again tomorrow for another banquet? And when he, when Haman goes back home to his wife, I think his wife's name was Zeresh, I think. Is that? Yeah, something like it's that. It's a Z. Yeah, it's a Z. Auntie, not, Z. Auntie Z. Auntie uh, And he's telling people that, yeah, you know, he's bigging himself up like, yeah, I was invited. Um, and it says on his way back home, he sees Mordecai. Remember, he still does not like Mordecai. He hates Mordecai, mm. in fact. He's been plotting to kill not just him, but everybody. And then, like, the people he's around, his quote-unquote wise friends are like, yo, why don't you build a... It starts with a G. Get... Guillotine? No, I it's don't. not a guillotine, but it's a, it's a gay gallows. Yeah, gallows. I don't know what that looks like, but basically, um, so that they could hang Mordecai on there, and it says it was about twenty-two inches or feet. Basically, it was just big, yeah. And it actually says as soon as that happens, um, Mordecai. No, sorry, Haman goes and actually builds it right, like overnight. It's done by the next day, um, and then. As the king is sleeping, it actually no, when he's trying to sleep, it says he's just restless. He can't sleep. So he basically asks one of the servants to give him a bedtime story. Just they're just looking at the history of events that have happened. And it comes to mind that, oh yeah, there was a time when there was a plot against the king, and this man named Mordecai actually discovered the plot and was able to save the king. And then the king is like, Oh, okay, so what was done about about this Mordecai? How did we reward him? And that, oh, like you, uh, nothing nothing happened to Mordecai. He just he just carried on. And then the next morning, when Haman is trying to get Mordecai to be ha- hung on the gallows, the king says to um, Haman, listen, I want to reward someone for doing something for me. What is the best way I can reward this person? Now, this Haman, with his big headedness, is <laughs> like, oh, I think you should give him the robes that you wear. Not even like, you know, any willing, like the same robes that you would wear. I think you should like parade him and have like your noblest person or the noblest person that works there to shout out that this is the man that has saved the king basically. Just show him off, right? Because Haman is thinking this is a this is about to be a Haman party up yeah. in here. And then the king's like, do you know what, Haman? You are right. I want you to take Mordecai, put him on a horse. Everything yeah. everything that you've told me to do, I want you to do it down to a T. Yeah. It actually says that Mordecai was embarrassed. Sorry, Haman was embarrassed afterwards <laughs> because of his of his big headedness. It thought it was going to be him and mm. it wasn't. I thought when I read that, I was giggling because I was like, ha ha. Yeah. In your face. Funny. Um, but then anyway, he, Haman doesn't have enough time to be embarrassed because he then has to go to the banquet for, remember, part two. And that's when it is revealed that, of course, Esther, like you said, Ira, she's Jewish. Haman had been plotting to kill all the Jews. And it actually says that Haman ended up hanging on the same gallows that he had built for somebody else. I think that's just so peak. It is peak. It's sad. It's to be sad. Honest. Yeah, like the trap that you set for other people is the trap that you ended up falling in. 
Such is life. Such is life. But then, um, just to rewind, just to quickly finish up, um, especially here uh, on Thursday's lesson, is that, of course, a decree had already been sent out and it had the king's signage on it. And basically, it couldn't be revoked. The Jewish people had to be destroyed. There was nothing that could the king could do could could to there was nothing the king could do to revoke that so instead what they did instead of reversing it they actually said the jewish people could fight could defend themselves and it actually goes on to say they actually did this so skillfully that some people were so scared of this god that had delivered the jewish people that they themselves became jewish i love a good um like the way stories end sometimes, especially I know. when good it's just, wins, when yeah. good prevails. Um, it's just like the happy ending that it really you wanted is. to, to I'm hear. I'm just like, oh, like when, especially when uh, it's a David and Goliath situation and David wins, that's always nice. But I think it's important to remember that the reason why the little or the team that you think is going to lose doesn't win, sorry, doesn't lose, is because it has somebody way greater than anyone else in this world, which is God. Uh, it just reminded me that with with God on your on your side, who could be against who you? Who can be against you? Basically, who can be against you? And so that's where our story ends, and it nicely segues into the challenge that I want to set for us. I know it's almost the end of the year. I can't believe it. Twenty twenty three is wild. almost finished. Um, and as always, we've been setting out loads of challenges for you this year. And this challenge, it might be a repeat. You might have already done this. Um, but I want you to journal some of the prayers that you've probably, maybe you've said this year, or some of the prayers that you're thinking of for next year when you're doing your planning and going to 2023. I want you to actually start journaling them so that when a time comes where you have to say, if I perish, I perish, but I stand by God's principles, you have a journal, kind of like a faith book. We've been talking about faith that endures, a faith book that you can always lean on. Just, you know what, before we close, I wanted to add that in the further thought section, we really read about, I guess, how E.G. Dubs, Ellen White breaks down kind of some of the significant roles that women played in the Bible and the fact that God used women in, in great and decisive, I guess, victories mm-hmm. more than once. And he used women to accomplish, you know, mighty things, you know, deliverance of his people. And I think that, it really goes to show that it's not just men, but also women that have great callings in the Bible. I think sometimes there's a real focus on, you know, the big names of the Bible, you know, the the Daniels, like you said, Michelle, mm-hmm. um, and Paul's, you know, we love them, man, there. We love, you know, um, I think of who else? Abraham and, and you know, Joseph and all and them. Peter. Men. Of course, little Peter. Um But there's also a real significant role that women play. And speaking of women, speaking of a new year and the end of 2023, there is an event coming up and we want to invite all our listeners on Sunday, 7th of January, 11.30 a.m. We're going to put a link on the description field, but it is an event for women to think about their New Year's resolutions. It's going to be a workshop style setting where we're going to create vision boards and we're all going to come away with something 
physical, tangible that we can look at for our year of 2024. So please keep an eye out and, you know, get your tickets and we hope to see you there. It was so good to see your faces. Very exciting. Hope to see you there.